Good morning. It's good to see you guys today. My name is Eric Montoya, Pastor of the Grove, and we're thrilled you're here. Uh, we're in a series called We Are All Blank. And before we jump into that, I just want to say welcome to all those listening online or our podcast or watching Facebook Live. And then everybody in the theater, thanks for coming and being here live, right? You're in person. It's great to see you guys. Uh, we're, we've been, I've, I've loved this series. Anybody enjoyed this series? Yeah, I have too. We're part six. Um, it's been one of my favorite series I've ever done, honestly, because um, I think it resonates with so many of us. And we, we've been showing these videos in the beginning of service to kind of set the tone, set the, the, the atmosphere, uh, to begin to realize that, um, there's, that we're more similar uh, with others than we think. Um, really, what we were trying to do is building up to the election. We were trying to, as a church, be the, be the kind of people that say, is, is it possible to love others that, are, that look totally different than us, that believe different than us, and be able to represent um, God in a good way? And really, as we build up to it, that's really what my agenda was, is, is how can we get to this place where we as a church can represent God to a world that is different from us in belief and, and, and worldview, um, but in many ways, very similar. Uh, and I, I've enjoyed those videos. They've all been really good. Uh, you can go watch them if you missed them. You can catch up, or you can go online. The, the website was there. But we're, we're, we're thrilled. This is part of why we're doing the series. A lot of people assume that people that come to church that, are, that call themselves Christians have it all together. And that's, farthest from, that's one of the furthest things from the truth. Uh, it just means that we're in process. If you're, if you're a Christ follower, it doesn't mean you're perfect. doesn't mean you have it all together. It just means that you have decided to say, I want to improve. I want to follow God. I want to follow Jesus and his teachings. And, and, and we invite him. It doesn't mean we're perfect. We have issues. We all have issues. We talk about that. Um, and that's what we're trying to, to involve. So if, you, if you're new to church, it's your first time, welcome. You're going to love the Grove because our heart is for you, you know, to help connect uh, you to a God that loves you so much and has a good plan for your life. And uh, we're, we're doing this. So what we said about our series, we're picking an issue, and then we're giving a positive element to that, to that issue of how God wants to change it. And we're going to review that. But we said this when it comes to the issues that we're trying to, 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 to deal with. If you can't name the issue, you won't be able to solve the issue. Like un, unnamed issues unnamed issues go unsolved. So if there's something in your life and you can't figure it out until you put a name on that, you will never be able to solve it, uh, whatever it is. And so we've been trying to pull those out and say, what are these, some of these issues that we all face and we all struggle with? And so part one, we said uh, we are all crazy. And that was the first issue. If you missed it, you can catch up. Part two, we said we're all broken and need of healing. Uh, part three, we said that we are all control freaks. Uh, we are, and uh, we talked about that. That was a fun uh, message. Uh, part four, we talked about how we are all self selfish. Um, and, and there's a corresponding positive element to those. Okay, so if, if this is our bent, this is what we struggle with, what does God say about these things and how can we um, do better? Uh, part four uh, was, was selfish. We said that we deceive ourselves when we don't have a healthy view of ourselves. Today's message is going to kind of somewhat tie into that message. Um, and we said that you become, self, you become selfless by, by thinking of yourself less. And that was the point that we are driving home that week. Um, part five, which we did last week, uh, we talked about how we were all sinners. And really the truth was this was the whole series was building up to last week's message because that was the, the best, that was one of the funnest messages to share. You would think because it's, we're talking about sin and it's a very religious sounding word, uh, it's actually the best because I get out of that, I get to share the opposite of the issue of sin, which is grace and how God loves us. And I was able to share the good news. Uh, the gospel is called the good news. And so if you missed that one, would you go back? Um, I told some people last week, they came, they were, they were guests, and I said, you know, uh, today's message is the perfect message. If I can speak one message to anybody, that is the message I would love to speak to somebody, that, that God has grace for us. Uh, so if you missed it, go and, go and listen. I'll just do a little bit of review from last week. Every week I do a little bit of review what we did to catch you up. Last week, we said that sin, when it comes, we're all sinners, we identify that. Well, sin brings death. Uh, sin leads to shame. We said sin is missing the mark that God has for us, the best for our life. That we, we try to fix uh, our issues with something that's temporary. We talked about Adam and Eve trying to, uh, out, of, out of what is the, really the first religion, they're trying to hide and cover up their, their works. 
Uh, we said that shame um, leads to blame because sin leads to shame, and then shame leads to blame. Blame, And we have to learn to own up for our, our issues if we're ever going to solve them. And then we said that sin brings bad news with it all the time. It always brings bad, bad news. Uh, we said the difference between being a Christ follower and just, other, and just being religious, there's two big differences. We said religion is spelled D-O, which is all about acts and trying to earn your way. And being a Christian is spelled done, D-O-N-E, that God did something on the cross that gives us the freedom just to live out what he has for us. Great message. If you missed, go listen. Uh, we said that the bad news is that sin kills. So because of sin, we are, we are all dead. It brings death, a spiritual death, that we, we are not alive so the good news is, is not that we were once lost or that we were once sick. Um, the good news is that we were once dead, but because of the cross, now we can be, have life in Christ. And that is good news. If you don't know that, uh, I would encourage you to read a little bit and, and man, keep coming to church. We want to connect you to that, to that good news. Um, so the good news is because of the cross, we can live again. We said a few things about grace, that grace is a gift from God. Um, grace cannot be earned. It's offered to us. Grace can only be experienced by those who acknowledge that you're undeserving. And so we, we, we walked through that last week. Um, so today, here, here's the thing. Today, some of you might be new to the church. Maybe you haven't come for a long time. At the end of service, we're going to give you an opportunity to experience what we talked about last week with grace. We're going to mention a little bit how, what, it, what, it's, what it's like to be part of the family of God and to, and to commit your life to God. And we're going to give that opportunity at the end of service. Uh, so just be thinking about that. I think uh, through this message, it be a kind of a journey. Uh, there's going to be a point where you, you need to make a decision. Am I going to take that step towards God um, and, and do that? Uh, one thing I didn't say last week, but I want to say to kind of finish off last week was this, uh, that the ground um, is level at the foot of the cross. Like there's not spots of uh, one, one part of the ground that's higher because that person's more important and that one is lower because that one's not as important. The, the ground at the foot of the cross is level, which means that anybody that comes to the cross, we are equal. Um, really what we think a lot of times when people need a hero, and this is what happens in the elections, we think, well, this person is going to fix all this stuff. No, it's, it's, we don't need a heroes. We need equals. We need people that, that understand our pain, understand what, the way we are. And I think the reason the series has been so in, um, impacting is because uh, when, I, when I speak it out and say, this is my, like somebody said, man, you were really speaking to me. I says, no, I was just speaking about my issue, and you just happened to come along the journey and listen to it. And they realize, oh, wow, like you, you're not perfect. You don't have it all together. No, we all have issues. And it, to ignore it, to deny it, well, it doesn't help at all, but we all, we all come with brokenness. We all come with issues, um, and when we begin to recognize that in others, it helps us to, uh, to love and get – if we recognize in ourselves, we can help others with those same issues. Uh, so the, the foot of the cross, the ground is level. So no matter what you've done, when you come to the foot of the cross and you ask, God levels that, and uh, we are, we're a family who, who, because of his grace. So that builds up to today. We're ending the series off with this. All right? I'm excited for today. Uh, part six is this. We are all beautiful. And here's the thing. We've, we've addressed the issue. So the issue is not that we're beautiful. That's, I think, a pretty awesome thing. The issue is that we, we tend to neglect and forget uh, that, that, that we are beautiful and that you're beautiful and that other people are beautiful. We're going to talk a little bit about what the Bible says about that, how God made us. Um, so, so the issue is not that we're beautiful, but we, we, we tend to forget and miss the beauty in others and even miss the beauty in ourselves. So if you didn't know, I just want to tell you today, you are beautiful. All right? There's something about you that's just amazing. Uh, you're unique. Um, generally speaking, most of us are, are, um, very similar. It's like some, some cases they say up to 99% similar when it comes to DNA, when it comes to, um, all that, the background, uh, but there's that 1% difference, even fingerprints. They say, you know, 99% of fingerprints can be the same, but there's that 1% that, that makes that person unique. Every single person on earth has a different fingerprint. Nobody has the fingerprints you have. Even identical twins that were born together, they share everything else. Even their fingerprints are different. They don't share fingerprints. 
They're unique. I think it's God's way of saying there will never, ever be anybody on this earth exactly like you. Like you were born at a specific time in a specific location that nobody else was born at. You're surrounded by people that, that other people were not, not surrounded by. You're unique. And so just don't forget you're beautiful. Last week, we ended with the scripture in Ephesians. I'm going to pick up on that scripture just to kind of tie into the grace. But there's the end of it is really what I want to jump into and say this is what we can't, can't forget. Um, Ephesians 2, 4 through 5, it says this. But God, remember, this is the big but in the Bible. This is the biggest but you'll find in the Bible. Is, but God, so rich in mercy, um, he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sin, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. Um, it is only by grace that you have been saved. Now, we talked a lot about that last week. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. I can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done so that none of us can boast. It's a gift from God. And this is, this is what goes on to say this, for you are God's masterpiece. Would everybody say masterpiece? Masterpiece. That's, that's a good word. And, and for today, we are all beautiful. I got it out of this verse right here. Can you see Paul saying it? We are all beautiful. We are all God's masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. There's something unique that God made in you. Um, and he says this, he created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Like, so we don't earn salvation because of our works, but he wants us to do good. Like, he saved us and rescued us so we can do good and to accomplish those things that he gave every single one of us to do. Because there's things that only you can do and only you can accomplish and only have an impact on this life that I can't. There are people you'll touch that I'll never touch and other people will never touch and, and be able to have an impact in their life. And God is inviting you to, to find out what that is. So we're all beautiful. Um, nobody will live the life that you were living. You're one of a kind. No one will live that life. There will not be this, a person that has the same, same influence that you had be able to have the influence that you will have to others. Like you're, you're unique. Like where you're at, where you work, like there's a reason you're there. There's a reason you were born where you were. Why aren't you born in a different country? Because God has a plan for your life. He, he wants you to figure that out and find it. We hope to be on that journey with you. So in Genesis 1, God sets up the stage. He, he, he's, he's creator. He, we we uh, see that he begins to create all these things. Well, in verse 26, God says this. He says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So the Bible opens up saying we, we are made in the human, humans, human beings are made in the image of God. Like every single one of us carries something that's, that's a likeness of God. Uh, he made us in his own image. You know, we're, we're triune beings, which means we have a, a body, a soul, and a spirit. The third part is what separates us from animals. There's, there's something, that's the part that's going to live on forever. We're made in these three parts. God, is, God has three parts. He made us in his likeness. We carry something that's like him or image bearers of God. In fact, when he, when he told Adam and Eve, he went through all these things. He said, I'm going to bless you so you can be a blessing. I'm, I want you to be fruitful. You can prosper. I want you to multiply and reproduce, to add value to others. I want you to, to be energy producers, givers, not takers. I want you to rule over the earth and bring it under, under your, your rule through discipline. And he gave them all these things of how they should live and how they should walk out. And then we see, last week we talked about the enemy shows up and he tries to steal all those things that God made in us. I think part of it because we remind uh, the enemy of God because there's a likeness in us. We're made in the image and he hates that and he wants to destroy that. And he wants to steal from us what God put in our hands to accomplish and do. He gave us something to do. Um, In the Psalm, Psalms 139, the psalmist says it like this. 
thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. A couple of weeks ago, we watched a video about how great is our God, and it showed the universe, and it showed the little, the, the most inner parts of our, of our being with the, the, uh, the DNA and all the, the parts that make that up, the lanolin. It, it was awesome. Um, and it says this, that your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Like the psalmist is saying, I recognize in myself that you are this amazing creator who creates things that are so, so amazing. Um, he says that he, he knit us in our mother's womb, that we're a miracle. You know, the fact that you're here and alive, um, that, you, that you were born, is a miracle. Because you had to beat millions of other little seeds that were trying to get to the egg in your mom, and, and you beat it. You made it. Like, you, you won the race, and you were born. That in itself is a miracle. Like, you were supposed to be here. Do you get that? Like, all these millions of possibilities of all the seeds coming from your dad to your mom and you made it, and you won. Like, <laughs> I beat all my potential brothers and sisters, right? <laughs> you, you made it. Like, that should be enough for us to just celebrate, like, wow, like, I'm a miracle. You are. This is what the psalmist is saying. Uh, you, have, you have the most advanced technology inside of you. Like, like, science and technology can't reproduce some of the things that God gave us. Like, our eyeball, it's, it's amazing. Like, they cannot figure out how to reproduce that and make that. Because it's so... Uh, made with such precision, it's just amazing how God made us. Uh, he, another translation says this, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. The message paraphrase says it like this. I, I love this whole portion. He says, oh yes, you shape me first inside and then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God. You're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. He's like, man, God, you done good work. This guy's like, kind of like, man, look, I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, God, you did good work, right? Sometimes we need those, those talks to ourselves. You'll see at the end of service what I'm talking about. You know, um, you know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit, how I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I'd even lived one day. Like God knew the things he planned for your life, and he planned for you. Oscar Wilde, um, a writer, he says it like this. Be yourself, because everyone else is already taken. Be yourself, because everybody else is already taken. Now we're going to talk about why we don't see beauty in others sometimes. We don't see beauty in others when we cannot see beauty in ourselves. When, when, we, when we have a hard time seeing the, the uniqueness and, and the giftings and the things God put in us, we tend to not see it in others. Like we, when we don't think we're beautiful and made um, in, in the image of God, and we don't recognize the image in us, it's hard to see it in others. A lot of times that's one of the reasons. We don't see the image of God because we can't see it in ourselves. We can even say it this way, that we'll only love others to the degree that we love ourselves. Like you cannot love others more than you love yourself. I think it's one of the reasons when, when asked Jesus what's the most important commands, he said, love God with everything you have, and then love your neighbor as yourself. He didn't say just love your neighbor. He said, love your neighbor as yourself, which in, entails there has to be a part of us that we are valuing who God made us to be. Because then out of that, out of our relationship with God, and that we're, we're made in his image, we can then begin to love, love others. Because you're unique. We don't see beauty in ourselves when we get so focused on what we don't have. Part of the reason we don't see beauty in ourselves is because we begin to look, well, if I was, if I was taller, if I was thinner, if I was whatever different color hair, if I was, you know, had a cool beard, uh, whatever, whatever it is. I guess if you're a woman, you probably wouldn't say cool beard. But if you're a guy, you'd be like, big old beard, you know, or more hair on my head or whatever it is. Um, 
when, when, when we get focused on things we don't have or the giftings, like God gave certain people gifts to accomplish certain things, we don't, and we focus on what others have and what we don't have, we, we miss the beauty that God made in us, the uniqueness that he gave us. Um, you know, there's parts, there's a country in Africa, there's no eating disorders. Uh, there's not bulimia, there's no anorexia. And you know why? Because they don't, like, so in the States, you know, we have, our media promotes a lot of, um, you know, um, certain sizes of body types, especially for women. Well, there, you know what they celebrate? Plumpness. Plumpness is like the, the thing that, that's important. So eating disorders are out the window because, well, that's not really a value in ours. And culture drives that a lot of times because we're focused on the wrong thing. And when, when we get focused on what we don't have, we miss on what we do have. We miss out on what, what is So when we focus on what's not good, we miss out on what is good. So be careful what you point out in others. Here, here's the other part of that. Um, be careful when you point out in others what, what you don't like, or you see something you don't like, or uh, you know, you're calling something, you're, you don't see the beauty in them. Um, psychologists have this term for it. It's a defense mechanism that we all have. It's called projection. What we, essentially what we do is our issues or our things that we have, we'll project onto others, and we'll speak the very things that maybe we don't like or that we're struggling with onto somebody else. And it might not even be true, but we're calling it out. And part of it is so we can deny it in ourselves so we can protect that from ourselves from being found out. Well, we have to get rid of that. So knowing that, we have to be really careful when we point out something in others because it might be that we're just holding up a mirror and saying, do you have this same issue? Do you have the same thing going on? Because when we focus on what's not good in others, we miss out on what's good in ourselves. And we miss out what's good in, 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 in them. And when we focus on something that's not good in other, an issue in somebody else, we miss the issue in ourselves. And the whole point of this series is saying we are all these things. These are issues that we all have. Don't forget that. We all have issues. And we're helping point them out so we can heal and move beyond these. So when you find faults in others, you might just be looking in the mirror. And worse, um, it makes you blind to what's good in others. And you can miss fixing what's not good in you. Um, part of the way we combat this is learning to celebrate what is good in others. When, when God does something for somebody, if you celebrate in it, um, wh- what you're telling God is, you did something so awesome for that person, that's awesome. God hears, man, I, 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 I like that. Man, maybe that'll be in my life one day. And when we don't celebrate and we begrudge or we're, we're, we're envy and we have jealousy over those things, what we're telling God is, well, I really wouldn't do good with that gift anyways because look how I handle it when I don't have it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't steward it very good. In fact, the Bible uses the word stewardship when it comes to the things that God has given us. Those who steward what God has given will be given more, the Bible says. And those who waste or complain, they'll lose it. So whatever God has given you, whatever he's put in your hands, if you even recognize just a little bit of goodness, a little bit of beauty, some giftings, if you begin to use those few things that he's given you, he'll give you more. But as long as you complain and compare and say, well, I'm not good as them, I can't do that, you'll lose it. You'll lose opportunities to do it because you're focused on the wrong thing. God is saying, focus on the right thing. Pay attention. Be aware. And I know some of you would be saying this, well, but you don't know my blank. You don't know my husband, or you don't know my, my wife, or you don't know my kids, you don't know my parents, you don't know my boss. Man, if you knew my boss, like, you, you would understand, like, there's just nothing good in these people, my, or my coworkers, whatever it is. Whatever you want to fill in the blank, whoever it is, I don't know them, but you know what? God knows them, and he loves them, and he created them in the image of himself. And there's something good even in those people who you think are um, whatever, whatever you want to put in that. And here's the thing, if they're not good, they're not being a good reflection of God, that means they're missing out on their potential in life. And who's going to help them ever figure that out? Maybe it's you. Maybe your job is to help them figure it out. Because it doesn't help anybody if we're a jerk to somebody, if we, we always point out the negative. There is not a sculpture in this world that's dedicated to a critic. You know that? 
that somebody's critical of everybody, we don't celebrate those things. Why? Because they didn't do any good. They only try to bring out the bad. God is saying, don't be, a, don't be critical. Don't be like that. Be somebody who finds the good, who finds the beauty in others. And, and, and really the only way to really have impact in people's lives is to earn a right to have an impact in those people's lives. It takes time. It takes work for you to say, I want to be able to speak into that. And when you take time and work to, to love people, you're more likely to say healthy things in a loving way, truth in a loving way, because you've worked for it. Uh, culture makes it hard to see beauty in people. Uh, actually, like this, culture makes it hard to see beauty in those people. We, especially in this season that we're going forward, whether you're Democrat or Republican, if you're Republican, you say those people. If you're Democrat, you say those people. Or um, from a different nation, those people. People from a different side of town, those people. Right? Whenever we start labeling people those people, it's hard to see beauty in them because we're already setting ourselves up for they're different than us. They, they're, they're whatever. We, and it helps us to be able to deal with what things we say because if we really see them as they are, um, it's hard to say the, the harsh things that we can say about people. Uh, culture, I think social media fuels us a lot, becoming combative and negative. Um, when it comes to, to saying things without thinking, having, lacking grace in our, in our responses, uh, we see this even more now with the elections going on, uh, which we'll talk about next week. Don't miss next week. We're going to address this and talk about um, how we can respond. Because uh, here's what's going to happen in, in two weeks. Um, there's a good chance about half of our nation uh, will be really upset uh, the following day on Wednesday, right? Uh, it's a good chance, half. And maybe a majority, you know, maybe it'll be a minority because it'll be more that, that did vote. Whatever way, either way you look at it, there's going to be a lot of people who are disappointed. How can we respond in a way that's going to bring the beauty out and bring the good out around us and not just fuel the fires of, ha, we won or, you know, you lost or whatever. Good luck with this next four years. All the things that are going to come with that. How can we respond as Christ followers? So next week, don't miss. We'll talk more about that. Um, but if all you can see is negative in others and those people, you'll never help them improve. And you're going to limit yourself of, of what God wants to do in your life. So if we can drop those people, we'll begin to see beauty in everybody. If you can be realized, those people are really like us more than we realize. Uh, they have hopes and dreams and all those things that come with it. So here's what we want to say. Um, we are all beautiful. This is the thing we're dealing with today. And the reason is, is because he's creator. And we're beautiful because we're made in his image. He created things. You just have to look at the stars you just have to look at how, how he made all the plants, how a little baby is born. It's amazing. And God made all that. It's a beautiful thing. So our thing is to, is to celebrate, to steward, and to pave the way for others. A lot of times people have good things. and God, It's not so much that God has just gifted them these things. Somebody in their life has paved the way for them to have some of those things, have, have a head start in life. What if you're the person that God is saying, would you set the stage for somebody else? Would you pave the way for somebody else as a church? Can we pave the way for other churches? Can we pave the way for other people to know God? That's our heart. In this series, we all have issues. We're all, we're broken. Nobody's perfect. So steward the way, steward what you have, pave the way. Um, you know, Oscar Wilde had that, that, that quote about uh, being you because everybody else is taken. Well, there's, there's uh, another famous writer who said it like this. He said, today you are you. That is truer than true. There is no one alive who is youer than you. And only Dr. Seuss can get away, you are, right? But it's such a true statement. You are unique. God made you unique. Watch this video, and then we're going to wrap up service today.
You are an original masterpiece. Remember that. God doesn't make junk. I think somewhere in the middle of our week, we sometimes forget that. And we begin to think that we're just not good enough. We can't do it. And we need reminders on a daily basis of saying, God doesn't make junk. He made you unique. He has, he has something for you. Don't let the enemy, don't let others rob what God wants to do in your life from you. It's a, it's a, it's a process that you go through. You know, in this, in this building, all of us is, that are here that are Christ followers, if you're not, you know, those that are, we're a work in progress. We're not perfect yet. We're, we're, God is working on us. He's trying to accomplish something beautiful. You know, if, if you're not a Christian, being an image of God, that's for everybody. We all are image bearers of God. But if you're a Christian, there's something that, that Jesus says specifically to you about being an image bearer. It says in John 17, he prayed for us. Right, for, for, well, if you're not a Christian, he was praying for you too, hoping you would be. But he prayed for us that, that follow the disciples' path and follow Jesus' way. I'm praying not only for those disciples. This is found um, in John 17. Not only for those disciples, for, but for also who, who will ever believe in me through their message. All who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. And this is a prayer. It continues on. I have given them the glory you gave me. Don't pass by that too soon. I have given them the glory that you gave me. So they may be one with me as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Jesus is saying that those that follow Christ, he's giving us the same glory that God gave Jesus. It's essentially where we carry a greater weight of what God has, has, has put in our lives as image bearers. Like we represent, as a, as a Christian, we represent God in a greater measure. In fact, Paul tells us that we're supposed to go from glory to glory. It's a process that we look more and more and more like Christ on a daily basis. Or we can lose that, that, that glory and it'll fade. It's a choice that we make on a daily basis. Are we growing? Are we representing him more and more and more? That's his, that's his goal for our life. That we would, like he said in the video, that we look in, when, when people see us, it would be like, man, there's something different about you. You're not just you. There's something more there. That's God working in us. That's what God wants. It's a process. You carry more of God's glory if you're a Christ follower. It doesn't mean it's easy. In fact, it's hard sometimes because we have an enemy that wants to stop us. We have a culture that wants to stop us. And then our own issues that, that could get in the way that, want us, that, that slow us down to stop us. But he asks us to sacrifice and say, would you, would you carry that? Would you follow? Here's today's challenge. The challenge is this. Choose to be the image of God and to see the image of God in others every day. This week, would you choose to be the image of God and see the image of God? Look for the good See the potential. Draw it out of people. Celebrate. Steward what God's given you and then pave the way for others. And just think for a second. Imagine if all of us, whether you're Christian or not, if all of us lived in a way that this week we would look for, for, for the good in others every single day. How would we respond? How would, our, how would our week be if we lived this out? That we were always looking for beauty. We're always trying to draw that out. We're always trying to see it. And we're trying to represent God in a great way and be a great, great example that we can be. How, how could we do that? For, for you in the room that you haven't made that decision yet to cross that line to say, I want God to be the Lord of my life or the boss of my life or I want God to be God in my life. Maybe you're here and you haven't made that decision. And you've been maybe thinking about it for a while. Maybe this is brand new to you. And you know, what does this mean to follow Christ and be a Christ follower or a Christian? It means we follow his lead. He gave us all these teachings, which are amazing. He, he told us all the things that are going to unfold in his life and it unfolded the exact same way it did. And he came back to life. And told his disciples, now go and teach people what I've taught. And, and, and we're part of those people that have been passed on to. 
So if you're here today, you're not a Christ follower. I want to invite you to be part of our family. I want you to invite, be, be part of the family of God. It's a big family. There's, there's every color, every race, every, every, um, everybody you could think of in the world as part of the family. They're, they're all around the world. It's a huge family. And I want to invite you into that. Say, would you, would you join us on this journey of carrying God's presence and his glory, his goodness, his image, even, even a greater sense to the world around us? It's not an easy job, but it is a, it's, a, it's a worthy job and a, worth, a job that's worth it. All the work you put in, it's so worth it because you get to make an impact to people around you. And he's inviting us to be part of that. It's worth everything you'd have to give up. And he wants to invite you in. You know, in the video, he talked about God, just essentially you're, you're saying, God, I, I give you the control of my life. Would you lead me and guide me? So it means to be a Christ follower. It doesn't mean we become perfect overnight. It doesn't mean that everything is right. It just means that we are saying, God, I want to follow your lead. Help me to become that person you want me to become. Would you do me a favor? Would you close your eyes and bow your head today as we end service? If you're here today and you're not a Christian, maybe you've walked away from God, maybe you're struggling with things and, and you've essentially taken away the tools from God and said, no, I'm going I'm to be in control of my own life. I'm going to master my destiny. And you know it's not working for you. And today you would like to say, God, I want you to have control. I want you to be my leader, my boss. If that's you today, I want to lead you in a prayer. It's a simple prayer, just an invitation of relationship. Every single week we have people that step across that line of faith and say, I'm going to trust God for this. It's awesome to see. And today I want to invite you to do that. I'm not going to call you to the front, but just in your, in your seat, if you'd raise your hand, uh, let me know that you're here. If that's you right now, would you raise your hand? I'd like to lead you in a prayer. Awesome. I see your hands. Awesome. Anybody else? Cool. God, I, 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 put, I put control in your hands. For all of you that raise their hands, would you just repeat this prayer after me? Simple prayer of just acknowledging that we need God's help. The Bible says that if we confess our sins and, be, and tell him that we've, we've broken his law, that he'll come and he'll forgive us of those things. If we acknowledge that he died for us, we're saved. So if you raise your hand, would you pray this? For other Christians in this room, would you join us? They're not praying alone. So say, say this with me. Say, Father God, today I admit that I need your help. I acknowledge that I am a sinner far from you. Now I want to be part of your family. I believe you died on that cross for me. I believe you're alive today. And you have good plans for my life. Help me to be the person you created me to be. Lead me this week. And going forward. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.